Hi, this is Mike. This is Russ. This is Matt, and you're listening to the Empty Spiral Podcast, the official podcast of the Lacunical community. We've got a guest with us today, so I'll, I'll allow him to introduce himself. Hi, I'm David. I'm from Australia and a uh, big Lacunical fan. Hello, it's nice David. to be on the show. Uh, uh, nice g'day. to have you here. Good day to you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> and you're in the future cool. as well, aren't you? Because you're like nine o'clock at night where you are, and it's only 10 o'clock in the morning where we are, so... Yeah, what's, what's 11 the, hours in the future. Yeah, what's the day going to be like? You need to tell us. Oh, death and destruction. Death and destruction. <laughs> <laughs> could you, after we've recorded the podcast, could you just drop us the the, uh, the lottery numbers from the UK just so that I can win later on this evening? Is that all right? Sure. <laughs> all right, cool, cool. Right. Right, anyway, sorry, so distraction there. So, um, yeah, it's episode 118. Which is a bit of a scary number because it means next time we record it's episode one nineteen and I'm still scratching my head about what we're gonna do on one. No 19. pressure. No pressure at all. Anyway, before we crack on with the main podcast, I suppose we better introduce each other or at least find out how people are doing. So I'll start with you, Mike. How's things with you, Mr. Dyer? Good. Um work, work, work. Um last night being the twelfth night, I took my tree down and chopped that up late last night in my lounge, so that's ready to go, and it's, it's all back to normal now. Yeah, like tree killer. <laughs> it's like the Manchester Chainsaw Massacre. It's bits of tree. Yeah. Why would you do it in your lounge? Surely you've got well, like, it was... bits of tree everywhere now. Oh no, it's all it's all tidied up. It's all in a bag. No, one one bin bag ready to go. So, do you put one of those like plastic sheets down, like you're about to kill one of your subordinates? You no, no, no. Them. No, just created a huge mess when I started, and now it's all tidied up. So, I, I chucked my tree away a couple of days ago and just stuck it behind the garage with the rest of my trees. There's like this big kind of horrible Christmas, Christmas tree graveyard. One Dead forest. Day. It is basically it looks like it's just sort of brown forest around the back of my garage because <laughs> it never leaves my house, my, my garden. It just sits around the back. One day I'll have burn. a fire and burn them. Yeah, it'll probably go out like a Christmas tree. Hey, yeah. hey. <laughs> sorry, so so you've had a good time. You've been work, work, working, and you've been killing trees. Yeah, tree yes. surgery. What about you, Russ? What have you been up to? <laughs> Me, I've pretty much been ill. I've been ill since like the tour ended. So it's like I've still got this like coffee flu thing. It's really weird. And it doesn't seem to go away. But aside from that, I've just been exploring um, some new music. I'm so, playing Christina, by the way. She gave us all that. Yeah. I reckon it was. Mm-hmm. It used to be pizza now, just blame it all on Christina. Yeah, but um, Christina. no, aside from that, I picked up a um, a new band from Belgium called Oathbreaker, which um, again, female fronted like death metal. Okay. So um, if anyone's into that, it's worth checking out. It's really interesting. Brutal, but interesting. Oathbreaker it is, and the album's called Raya. I might get into that. I, check that out. I haven't really had any kind of new music I've been listening to for a while now, I think. So I seem to be going over the old, sort of same old bands, just rotating them. So I need to get Slayer. Slayer, of course. It's always Slayer. David, how about you? How have you been? Good, mate. Um, well, apart from back at work after Christmas break. How long, yeah, how long were you off for? Oh, just um, from uh, Christmas to New Year's. Oh, okay. Public service shutdown. So. Is that what it's like in Australia then? Because you're fr- are you from Sydney? I know you, you've seen the band in Sydney. Uh, you live in Sydney? Yeah. I'm from Canberra, so oh, okay. it's the capital. Yeah, right, yeah, it's all government stuff here. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I drove up to Sydney for the gig. Ah, very cool. We'll talk about that in a little bit, actually. Um, so the um, does it shut down? Does all of Australia shut down between Christmas and New Year, or is it the whole public holiday oh, thing? Or um, not really. It's just a government government sense of shut down between that period. Ah, okay. Part of the perks of working for the government, I guess. One of few, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was working over Christmas. Uh, we only got the statutory bank holidays. So in the UK, we get Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and New Year's Day. And of course, Christmas Day and New Year's Day fell on um, fell on Saturn Sundays this year. So there was an extra bank holiday. So I had to work the three days between Christmas and New Year, which wasn't too arduous, really. But it's all over now. My Christmas decorations are down. It's really horrible, isn't it? You take down Christmas decorations, it's just the whole thing just feels so bland. Your house just looks yeah. boring again, doesn't it? And I'm trying to think of a way that I can not look weird <coughs> and keep my Christmas tree up all year round. So I've got the twinkling lights in the corner. That's the best bit about Christmas for me is a Christmas tree. 
The rest of it I can take yeah. or leave, but Christmas trees. Anyway, yeah, so that's all over. And now I'm back at work properly. Although I never really left work. Never had any extra time off, but now I feel like I'm back at work. So it's, it's all okay. And then I'm getting back into Netflix again. I watched uh, Sherlock last night. Not season four. Started season three again because I've forgotten what happened because it's been so long. So there you go. I didn't finish it. I was drinking a bottle of wine. I got a bit tired. I realised I had to get up early. Anyway, so uh, let's let's crack on with the podcast. So what we're going to do, first of all, is we're going to chat with you, David. Find out a little bit about you. Find out how you got into Lacuna Coil. Uh, Favourite songs, that kind of thing. So we might as well get started, I suppose. So you're all from Canberra, the capital. Yeah. I like, I like the way you said that. It's almost like... Um, like Everybody outside of Australia just assumes that Sydney's the capital, so you have to go. I'm from Canberra, the capital. Is that what it's like? Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> I, I know um, most people think it's Sydney. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine that. I'm from Canberra, the capital, just to be clear. Um, <laughs> so, how did you get into Lacuna Core then, David? Uh, good question. I used to like um, In Flames and stuff when I was in high school and um, and those types of bands, Fear Factory and stuff. And it was around 2003 when Evanescence came out with um, Fallen. Yep. And I just fell in love with that album and just thought, wow, this is... I want to listen to more like this. And I actually remember going online and actually asking on forums, like, is there ba- uh, tell me bands that are like this. Mm. And they came back to me with stuff like The Gathering and The Birthday Massacre and bands like that. And then one of them was Lacuna Coil. And I, so I started listening to Lacuna Coil and I really liked them. So that was, I don't know, 2004. And, okay. um just listened for years and years and years, but then, you know, never. Um, there was a couple of years ago where they did come to Australia and I missed out and I was kind of kicking myself. But then uh, last year um, in October, they did an Australian tour and I thought, okay, I'm definitely going to this. Mm. I, At one stage, I was going to, like, go across the country and see each, all of the five shows. It was five shows. Um, and, um, yeah, couldn't, couldn't do it in the end, but... Went to Sydney, drove out to Sydney from Canberra for the show, and it was well worth it. And that was your first show? That was my first show, the only one I've ever been to, and I'm really hoping they come back again because they only tend to come every six years, which yeah. really sucks. Um, so I'm never going to beat your record, Matt, <laughs> of shows. <laughs> yeah, well, don't try, mate. Don't try. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> Australia's a big country. Uh, the yes. very thought of seeing five shows spread around Australia, I mean, that's got to be logistically very, very difficult. Extremely. It'd be like flights every day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine that'd be easy to do. I mean, we're really lucky that we're in a pretty small country and they, they're they quite popular here, so they usually do half a dozen shows a tour. I mean, the most they've done, was it 18? I think they did one tour, guys. Is that right? Wow. Yeah, it's a yeah. shallow life tour. Yeah. Was, uh, I mean, that was amazing. You know, you'd be like, just quick drive, next show, quick drive, next show. So the few countries are of a of a size and an island and have the popularity or the bands popular enough for them to justify doing that. So we've been yeah. quite lucky in that respect. And even even now, they, they'll come over for half a dozen shows and it's usually a yearly thing. In fact, we all start to get quite anxious, don't we, and itchy um, if we don't know that there's a tour coming up in the UK. So I can't yeah. imagine them only being around every six years. That must be painful. So you just yeah, need, I you need how, to move. I notice how um, you guys think differently when it comes to the shows. Like when you guys are talking about the live gigs, you're like, oh, it's really good to hear lots of delirium stuff. And when I go, because I've only been once and, you know, they only come every six years, I'm just thinking I just want to – you know, hear their best stuff. So you get a slightly different tact, whereas if you go lots and lots, you're kind of thinking, oh, I want to see something new from them. That's a really good point. That is a really good point. A very, very different perspective, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you see any of your favourite bands, you don't see them very often. You, you do just want to hear, their, hear their, their, their best stuff. I remember seeing Iron Maiden years ago, and they, were, they played one of their whole albums into it. It was a great album, but I was like, oh, I just want to hear the greatest hits. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I'm sure there's people that go to 100 Iron Maiden shows, like, yeah, yeah, they're playing the new stuff. So, yeah, it's a good point, actually. Um, how, how was the show? 
Ah, uh, it was amazing. I, 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 I can't put into words how amazing it was. I, I mean, I planned it for you know going up there for ages. I, I brought along some friends who didn't even know the band, <laughs> and, um, just because you know I wanted to have some people to go with. But mm-hmm. in the end, you know, I queued up at the start and I was like fifth in line, and I ran into someone who knew Matt. Um, we were talking about who's been to the most shows, and there was this uh, British guy. I can't remember his name, but uh, yeah, he said he, he said he was friends with you. Oh my god, that's <laughs> all over the world. Oh. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, I was uh, I was like fifth in line, and I actually remember just saying, you know, mind my place, and I actually went through the line and talked to as many people as I could, yeah. just because I thought. I'm never going to be around this many Lacuna Coil fans again. <laughs> I just want to meet everybody. So I literally, yeah, went down the line and met like 100, well, maybe not 100, probably be like 50-odd people. What a great thing to do. Saying hello to them down, yeah. down the line and getting to know everybody and just saying that it seems like, you know, Lacuna Coil particularly has a really great following in the sense that everybody is really cool and chill and friendly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that is really true. So yeah. that was really good, and um, I mean, I made a couple of you know friends afterwards that I still keep in touch with on Facebook and stuff. So fantastic! Great. Your pictures on Facebook. So, well, you you obviously met the band because you got photos with them. Yes. I'm, I'm also yes. guessing that it was the first time you met the band. Um, yes, it'd be really weird if it wasn't, <laughs> given it was your first time <laughs> in person. Yeah. yeah. Um, what were they like? What was it like meeting them for the first time? They're really good. They're, they're all really positive, really chill, um, really great guys, um, very humble, very good to talk to. I I mean, yeah, I was like, meeting them was just pretty mind-blowing. Uh, I remember when I got the photo taken with Christina, I was like, oh, my God, she's real. <laughs> and, and Christina laughing. <laughs> And probably quite short, a bit shorter than you thought as well, because yes, know, for me, yes. when I the first time I saw her, she was like ten foot tall because she was on this massive stage, and I met her. Right? Well, I'm not tall, but you're a bit shorter than I am, and she's like really uh, she's tiny, full of energy, yeah, tiny but mighty, exactly, <laughs> tiny but mighty. So you took, so it was 2003, 2004 that you you got into into the band. Um, I'm guessing at that point it was kind of Coma Lies and Unleash Memories and. Those are the albums that are out, and of course, in a reverie. Um, do you remember what your first song was, or the first sort of songs you listened to from Lacuna Coil? It was maybe it was Karma Code when I, I sort of really kind of okay got it. Um, mm-hmm. When did Karma Code come out? Two thousand six. Back me up here, guys. Maybe that was a bit late. It was yeah so um but that, i remember listening to that quite a bit um just you know bits of songs here and there and really enjoying it and finding that was it's quite different to anything else it was very melodic it was you know it was metal but it was melodic and very um powerful mm. in, in a slightly different way than you know you're in flames or effectively or whatever and um I, I really took a liking to it and thought it was just amazing and Joy of the Silence was a was one of those songs that I actually had never heard before, mm. and um, I loved it. <laughs> Thought it was a wonderful song, and I remember actually like being on the bus and actually telling people like I love this song, have a listen. And some of them will be like, I know this song, it's done by this Depeche Mode. I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, again, it's a different yeah. perspective, of course, because Depeche Mode is like one of the biggest bands from the 80s in the uk and yeah joy to silence is one of their most popular songs so it's for, for people in england it's like yeah everybody knows it uh, and you see that when when lacuna coil have played at places like download festival in front of 40 50 000 people and everybody knows the words it's because it really is <laughs> like that so for, for of course the rest of the world where Actually, it's not as popular, and it isn't recognised as a cover version of a very popular song. It must be very different. Yeah. Well, it's the same with um, Stars. I've never heard Stars before. It was on Lacuna Coil. So, mm. um, and even um, what's it? What's it called? Off Delirium. Um, that was the, not Delirium. The 
one that's the cover for Madonna. Oh, yeah, the Madonna song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Live to Tell. Yeah, Live to Tell. Even that I haven't heard before. So it, it's all new to hear from the Kool the first time. I, I think Live to Tell is a, freak, a fascinating cover um, for a number of reasons, but one of them is that it's such an old Madonna song that I, I think there's still quite a big percentage of people globally that might have vaguely recognised it, but because of what Marco did with the rearrangement and the way Christina sings it, very hard to recognise it as a Madonna song because it's very different. I've never, never heard the original. I, I will look it up at one point just to hear what yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, but... it's, it's worth, definitely worth listening to. It's, just, you know, it's on YouTube, the old video of it. And very, very different. And I remember when I first listened to it, I was like, is this a cover? I'm sure I've heard this before. And it took a good half the song before it kind of clicked for me that it was a Madonna song. But then again, I'm sure there are people that have listened to Madonna for years and would recognise it instantaneously. So, so. Do you have a favourite song? Uh, oh, gosh. I was just going to say that also, um, I'm one of the few people that probably likes Falling Again better than Falling. Mm, okay. I can't remember which way around I like them. <laughs> I seem to change. <laughs> you, uh, you, you said that uh, I was listening earlier and I think you said you liked Falling and then thought Falling Again was sort of not as needed because it was a little bit, you know, they, the Falling was already uh, overcomplicated. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I, I think that was just my general views on it. Is, and I think, I don't know what you guys think, but, but it was like Falling's nice and simple. Um, yeah, and yeah. again, that adds a bit more pace to it and stuff. But hey, you know, everybody's different. So, and don't worry, we won't call you names behind your back because you like falling again. <laughs> it's still an amazing song. So. Yes. <laughs> Do you, so, yes, as I said before, what, what's your favourite songs from the Clinical? Oh, this is, I mean, it's such a, such a tough question because it's, it's, I can't really pick out one. It's different on each album. Like, I really love Daylight Dancer on Coma Lives. I, Really loved Enjoy the Silence on Karma Code and Invisible Light was a great song on Karma Code. Um, Hostage to the Light is one of my just favourite, favourite songs on Broken Crown Halo and uh, Blood Tears Dust on Delirium. All good choices. All good choices. Uh, if you're anything like me, it tends to change, doesn't it? Because Yeah, it's also that if you like, I mean, you'll probably ask me my favourite album and What's your favourite album? Like it's different, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and I've just I've sort of thought about it, and I thought, well, it depends on my mood because sometimes I want like real power, and then I'm thinking Delirium is yeah. you know just a wonderful, powerful album that's just got you know a lot of thump behind it and really amazing vocals and does so well. But then something like Coma Lies is kind of more chill and just really amazing. Um, well chill in some respects but it's still um you know it's, it's a beautiful album and then broken can halo is just great it's just a great rock album it's, it's mm. got full of really great songs and i was quite amazed with that one that was it's a great album there's a, so it's there's really there's difficult there's definitely a lacuna core song for every every mood isn't there oh yeah <laughs> so okay so my, a question we always ask anybody that comes on the podcast is um what does being a Lacuna Core fan mean to you? I really don't know. I couldn't. I got no idea how to answer that one. Um, I mean, I, I love the band. It's a wonderful band. I, um, I sort of. I've always sort of been a fan, and it's sort of been the last year or two that I've sort of really sort of dug a bit deeper and sort of gone from sort of listening to actually trying to find out what the lyrics are and what they mean and sort of getting involved a little bit in the community to an extent, just yep. sort of following and stuff. Um, uh, yeah, it's a tough question. I, I just, I love the community around Lacuna Coil and that's definitely you guys to a large extent. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, thank you for saying that last bit. Really appreciate it. But, you know, the Lacuna Coil fan base has always been so strong so supportive of each other. Oh, and the band recognise that as well, which is just so great in itself. And they're very humble about it. And they're very supportive as well. So it really makes... I find it very rewarding to be a Lacuna Core fan. I mean, I love a lot of other bands, but 
this for me is is definitely the most rewarding of any bands that I enjoy. Although to be fair, I haven't seen any other bands more than six or seven times, so it's obviously a slightly different level, shall we say? But certainly the community is hugely strong, which is wonderful. Well, um, I think I'm, I've certainly run out of questions. So, David, thank you very much. Uh, I really appreciate you joining us. And you're staying around for our review of Blood, Tears, Dust? Excellent. Okay. All right. Well, speak to you in a few minutes. Yes. Right. So, back in Newcastle on the UK tour, we managed to corner uh, Diego Didi Cavalotti, guitarist playing with Lacuna Core, and uh, interview him for about half an hour. So, I've recorded it, of course, as you would expect, and here it is, and I hope you enjoy it. Is I'm going to talk slowly yeah. because my English is very fast and very. I know. <laughs> and Marco's always giving me shit on my English, <laughs> so I don't want it to. Be. Okay, so let's start. So, firstly, is it Didi or Diego? Which you prefer? Which you prefer? I, I mean, like, I like Didi. Okay, like Didi. let's okay. Let's do it for Didi. So, Didi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, we're in Newcastle. Yeah. We're on the tour bus. You've just finished the show, so what's it like playing guitars with Lacuna Coil? Man, it's just amazing. It's like a, no, for me especially, it's a dream came true. Because uh, I was dreaming something like that since when I, it's cider. I was I've dreaming. I've just been given a bottle of cider. <laughs> I know. Just, just go away. <laughs> it's just like, there's no way I'm drinking cider. Okay, so. Yeah. No, it's okay. Uh, I mean, it's a drink came true. Because I was waiting something like that since when I was 14. So I'm the most happy person in the okay. world, actually. So. How did it come about? How did you end up touring with Lacuna Coil in both America and... You know, Japan and, and Australia and, and now Europe and Oh is it? Oh how I, I stumbled. Yeah, how did you how did you start? How did you become the, Simply the... um I met Maki because he was the producer for the last record of my old band, Malotoy. Malotoy. Mm-hmm. So that's why I met him. Yep, okay. <laughs> and that's why I met him. So we start being friends, hanging out, have fun, you know, mm-hmm. being friends. Uh, <clears throat> in November 2015, I went to their show in Parma, in Italy. Okay. And... I was there? Yeah. 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 Ah, right. Okay. And a friend of mine told me it was the last show of Mouse. Yes. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about mm-hmm. it. But after a week, maybe, yes, a week, I asked Marco to, okay, now you, you need a guitar player, so can I try? After some different dynamics, they decided to give me a chance. Wait, I, I was not the only one who was trying, okay? But um, I had my chance. So I, I, I did everything possible and voila <laughs> no, so, so what did you do T- take me through the kind of the process of of, of uh, getting the, taking that opportunity and making Marcus it sent me all the records of Delirium and they asked me to make for every single song uh, different solos okay so basically I remember I was uh, still working in my normal job, I was a mechanic. Okay. And I remember I, w- I finished at work at 5.30 in the noon. I went home at 6 o'clock. From 6 o'clock to 2 a.m. in the morning, I would sit down in front of my computers, just playing, recording solo to send to him. For two months I did. 
like this. So <coughs> I made a lot of sacrifice, lots of lots of work. And in the end, when uh, they came back from from the cruise, uh, seven thousand tons of metal. Mm -hmm. Back in January, February. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In 11 February, we met in our common pub where we hanging out. You know the porco, mm -hmm. for sure. I know the porco. Yeah. <laughs> Very well. Too well. Yeah. <laughs> we met there. You too. Cool. We met um, one day, and they just told me, "Okay, we decide to to give you the chance." So we need all your documents, all your stuff, because in April we have to start the tour. Mm. And I said, I, I said anything. I was like, uh, no one can see my face, but was like... <laughs> Pretty shocked. Yeah, from, yeah okay. definitely, yes. And that's it. Since there, my life's... And you've been all over changed. the world, yeah. and you've... Okay, so... I quit my job, and then I start to study all the songs. And in the end of April, we left for uh, for the Philippines. So, why? I mean, you talk about, or, or the way you explain it, suggests that this was the greatest opportunity to you. Was it because it's Lacuna Coil, or was it because it was Marco? I mean, what what made it so big and exciting for you? I don't think so because uh, a band like Lacuna Coil. I mean, they are huge, mm. so they can have everyone they need okay just with this yep mm, the thing i appreciate it is that they give to me that i am completely no one a chance like this and that's really important to me because mm -hmm. i can show to everybody what can i do well what yeah what can i do mm -hmm. what i want to say and also, I'm, I was already a fan of Lacuna Coil. Not the first one, but I was listening to like mm, thousand million people. Anyway. Um, and that's it. I, I mean, it, it was... Uh, I was surprised because I never expected something like that. Okay. How did you take up the, the guitar? Okay. What? Yeah, what was your inspiration? <laughs> it was funny because I was in holiday with my parents. Okay. Uh, I was 13. Okay. 13 years old. I was in vacation. I, I don't remember where. And <clears throat> one night I was sitting down with some friends. And one guy who was already playing in a metal band... Mm. Uh, start to play the guitar. I never, I never seen anyone play guitar in front of me for real. Okay. So you, so, well, you, you weren't into metal or rock music at the time then. After, after that, okay. I start to play. Uh, I, I start to listen different kind of music. I start to listen Metallica. Because of my father, I start to listen Europe, Deep Purple, all the classic bands. You know. And, okay, I decided to, to start to play guitar. Okay. So he asked my father, I want a guitar. And he said, okay, but are you sure to be able, are you sure it's not the, just a moment? Mm. Because, you know, it's expensive to buy a guitar. No, 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 I want to buy, a, I want a guitar. I want to learn to play. I want to play. Okay, one day he bring me in a music shop and I said I want this one since when I start to to play I said okay this is what I want to do in my life my father never trusts me okay no it's just a moment no, mm -hmm. no don't say that blah 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 after 16 years I'm playing guitar so that's why I started. So, what were your inspirations? You talked to Metallica. <coughs> and, you know, what what were the bands that really kind of 
made you so For sure, the first band who inspired me was Metallica. Okay. But also Europe, for sure. Yep. And Pink Floyd, because Gary... uh, Gary. Yeah, David Gilmore is one of my favorite guitar players in the world. Mm -hmm. Like Gary Moore and Mm -hmm. other thousand. And, you know, starting listening such music inspired me in somehow. So I started studying all the songs. For example, Metallica, Master of Puppets was the first album I learned completely since the first note to the last what, one. What, to play all the way through? Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. On the stereo, I was playing in just. Mm-hmm. I'm not able to, to write or read the music. And just but you were playing, you were picking up the, yeah, the, the, the notes and you were yeah. playing the chords. And you exactly. Were... Okay. Okay. So you started there. <laughs> Speaking of the devil. Okay, so what was the first band you were in? My first band. Was a punk rock punk rock band from Milano. Okay. Um, call it In Coma. It it was a a funny punk rock, just talking about beer, girls, party. I mean, just for having fun. But we played a lot of shows. All around Italy, sometimes Switzerland. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so but you, so you had a tour. You you know you got to not a tour because I was studying and still at school. But all the rest of the band was already working. Okay. So no one want. It was just an hobby for them, not for me because and that's it. Okay. So you started off in a punk rock band, a yeah. band, and then you. What? They, tell me what happened then. How did it evolve into Melatoy and then Lacunicon? I started to play with uh, this punk rock band when I was sixteen. Then I I wanted to play something a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. So I. I found some some other members, and together we m- create a heavy metal band. Started with cover between Europe, Iron Maiden, Skid Row, all all the classics, of course. And for eight years, we we played. We did not so many stuff, but. I made a lot of experience, start playing clubs, start going I mean, I just started to to understand how was the music business in my little And this is in Milano or is this yeah. also okay. Yeah. okay. Oh uh, that's um I I start to to write my music. So I start to write mm, songs, lyrics. Mm-hmm. So, and somehow they start me. Then um, I found another band because what I was listening was changing too. So I start to listen metalcore bands, something more heavy. Mm-hmm. So I decided to create another band. And with with this band, uh, we made a lot of stuff. We made uh, a couple of tours in Germany, Austria, Switzerland. I mean, step by step, I was founding different kind of um, opportunities. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
till when um, this this last band decided to to quit, mm. I found Mellow Toy. Yes, and from there everything is changed because everything was much more serious. Everyone uh, put into the band a lot of energy, a lot of money, a lot of time, but I was still the only one who wanted to make as a job. Yeah. And I've well, got my I've got made a toys album. It's, it's a great album, you know. I remember yeah. talking to Marco about it last year. Yeah. It's a great album. album. Yeah. But it's not uh, it's not about that because they didn't want they don't want to make as a job. So it's a hobby. That's amazing. And somehow Uh, and here we are with Joe. Yeah, okay. like five minutes now. Okay. So it wasn't a job; it was a hobby to these guys. Not, not at all a hobby. But it was a passion. He is a passion yeah. because they still playing. Yeah. And I wish for them all the best. But it's cool. But I want something more. So, <laughs> when I found this opportunity, the only thing I was to say really? just okay, let's do it. Okay, so, so Lacuna Coil is an opportunity to Diddy, it's to you. Yeah. And you, do you want to be part of this band? Is that what you want? Yeah, definitely, yes. Because at the moment you're, you're touring with them, you've toured Australia, yeah. Japan, yeah. Europe. UK, America. So you've Asia, and Asia, you've already done a lot with these guys. You know they they they, they have lost Mouse. They've lost their lead guitarist. They they're looking for someone to come in and be part of this group. They've seen a lot of changes. You know we've lost Pete. I, I don't think they are they are searching for a guitar just a guitar player. Okay. Because as I told you in a. In a second, they can find everyone they want. Okay. So, what are you going to bring to Lacuna Coil? What I want to bring? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's <not> a question. <laughs> no, I mean, I hope if I, if I was the new member of Lacuna Coil. Yeah. I want to, to give them all all I can. I mean, all my energy, all my ideas, all everything, really, everything. Brilliant. Okay. So let's talk about the, the current tour. I've seen, is it four shows now, I think I've seen? And we've not met prior to those four shows, but you have a very distinctive stage presence. You are happy to be part of the sort of the central presence of the stage you'll jump up on the riser and you'll play your you know you play your, your riffs and stuff yeah. how does that come to you you know is it is it something that you're comfortable with or it uh, it's just a part of the show I mean I'm I never use it to be the, the guitar player who, who was standing in the corner mm -hmm. just playing serious I mean when I'm on stage especially with them I'm happy so, I, I like what I'm what I'm doing. So, there is no reason to to hide, or I don't know. It's part of the show. Okay. It's you, you take to it very naturally. Yeah, for definitely. Me, when, yes. I, when I look no, no. at it, it feels like you've been there for a long time. You feel like part of the band. You feel like part of the family. Yeah. That is Lacuna Coil on stage. But no, that's, that's not me. That's because of them. They um, make me feel like this. Okay. It's not just me. I want to make part of... The, no, 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 no. They... They show me. Showed me all the best things I was, I was expecting. So... So Delirium, okay, so yeah. it came out this year, um, you've played a number of the tracks on stage, 
what, what's your favourite song? What do you like playing the most out of that album? Mm, of Delirium? Yeah. My favourite song actually is um, My Demons, but we are not playing that mm. right now. Okay. If I have to choose uh, a song from the set list right now, for sure is Ultima, okay. Ultima Radio, and Blood is Dust. Okay. Peace. Okay. Yeah, we're good. And why is that? Why do you like those songs? Uh, uh, Blood is Dust. What, I mean, what makes them special? Ultima Radio, it was the last song I was trying to make a solo. Mm -hmm. I recorded the solo, but was the only the, the last song I was trying to make some solos but I I had no idea what to do it was I, I don't know what to do Mark I don't know I don't know what to do the night before I was going to record it the solo I, I made it mm -hmm. it was just like it all came together yeah. for you yeah in, in one second one take so and somehow uh, it's one of my favorite I don't know why because I improved myself oh. <laughs> last question okay okay so what would be the best 2017 for Didi you know what does what was the next 12 months bring to you what would be your dream over the next year 2017 and 2017. Can you, can you repeat the, the question? Sorry, I wasn't yeah, thinking so, about you. Uh, so, okay. what would be the best next 12 months for you? Cosa ti aspetti dei prossimi 12 mesi? Okay. I mean, a lot of shows. Yeah. And with Lacuna Core? No, no, I'm just with another band. He's fired. You didn't see all my mistakes. Marco, would you just fucking bet on him? He's an asshole. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. Bye. All the best for the band. That's it. Okay. So whatever it means for the band, for you, you know, tours, more music. Mm, not only tour. I mean, all the band deserve all the best because they're mm, genuine. Yeah. It's right. Genuine, yeah. And they're not... Uh, The typical band who want to make money, okay. they they like to make music. To make music, yeah, and they feel it. Well, we could probably talk all night. <laughs> sure, but I want to. Re I genuinely want to thank you for taking the time. Thank you to have an interview with me. Thank you. Um, it's I been had to great, thank you. and I look forward to the next couple of shows. I look forward <laughs> to seeing you on stage, rocking out, playing as brilliantly as you do. So thank you. Thank you. Guys. Thank you very much. Just sorry for my English. But your English is brilliant. Oh. My Italian is terrible. Le parlo ottimo l'inglese. Grazie. Great to talk to Didi on the on the tour bus around the back of the venue at Newcastle. Um, really good guy. Uh, really entertaining. Extremely friendly. Uh, and I hope we get to see him more and more playing with Lacuna Coil. So I think that brings us on to our review this week as we work our way through the epic album that is Delirium after a, a break where we reviewed Naughty Christmas because, well, you know, why wouldn't you? Um, we're back on track with Blood, Tears, Dust. And we're all going to have a crack at this one. And Russ, do you want to start us off, please, mate? Blood, Tears, Dust, where do I start with this? Because for me, this is the best song on the record, Delirium. Um, I love the heaviness of it. 
I love the musical arrangement. I love the vocal delivery. And it's probably, I would say, the heaviest song on the record for me. Um, and I just really, really love the song structure. It's simple, but there's subtle differences going on in the sort of the undercurrents with the electronica at the beginning of the song, which Marco sort of bases off the synth that runs and just underpins a, a rhythm to it, which sort of throws it a bit off beat. And, you know, some Lacuna Coil songs, they're, they're simple in structure, but there's just stuff that they throw in there that completely, you know, throws you off and creates so many different interesting textures. But for me, as good as the music is on Blood, Tears, Dust, I think it's the vocal arrangements and the vocal delivery by Christina and Andrea, which puts this song far and above many others. I mean, I would go so far as to probably say this is my favorite Christina vocal delivery of all time. Wow. When she hits those notes, it Oof. is amazing. It is that good for me, this song. And I'll never forget when I walked into, uh, where was it, Coco in London when they were sound checking it. The first time I hear Christina sing that vocal line, it literally blew my mind. And it's just, the way she sings it is effortless. And it's just so amazing. It does, it it takes your breath away. Um, I really like the vocals, as I said, but the lyrics as well are just as strong on here. I like the way that she sings the melodies because... The words, the way she sings it, it sounds, to explain it, the way it comes across when you listen to it, it sounds different to the lyrics. And you sit down and you read it, and it tells a story, which I think we've mentioned before a lot of the best Lacuna Coil songs do. Mm. And I'm also a really big fan of the reprise towards the end, both in terms of how the music comes comes together for the breakdown, and again, that vocal delivery from Christina. And the best songs, as we've always said, is when Christina's sort of doing those angelic vocals, Andrea's sort of doing the, the growl vocals, and it just complements it supremely. So that's my thoughts on Blood, Tears, Dust. It is a fucking awesome banger of a song. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, um, thank you for joining us this week on the Empire Podcast. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, um, you've made your uh, views very clear. Mike, what do you think of uh, Blood, Tears, Dust? Yeah, very similar train of thought. Um, I love it start to finish. We've got the growling. We've got the angelic-like christina in there it's very bass heavy from start to finish and we've got that wonderful uh, guitar solo about two minutes in and um, one thing that i like at the very end is where um the end part of the song mountains high um dark river flows the wind will blow our fire will burn that to me found, sounds very comalize-esque the way it's um sung and i think it works really well in the song um, Russ has mentioned everything that I've pretty much written down and it is my favourite song too on the album Okay Good job Sounds like we, we're quick, quickly reaching some kind of consensus here David, yes. what about you? What do you think of uh, Blood, Tears, Dust? This is one of my favourite songs I really love this song This is probably my yeah my favourite song in Delirium and I, I think it's a really great song. I love the uh, the lyrics have a sort of uh, they bring up sort of a fantastical kind of fantasy setting where you're talking about spells and wizardry and stuff like that. And and I I, I love the, the the images that it brings up in my head, and I think that's wonderful. I love the passion of the song. I really love actually. I'm not so much like I I prefer Christina's singing more than anything in a lot of senses, but um, Andrea, I think, particularly shines when he gets to the bit when he's like, blood, tears, dust, take my blood, tears, yeah. dust. Yeah, I think that's a real highlight because it's just passion and it's really strong and it's a powerful song. And, you know, mixed in with the beauty of Christina's lyrics and, yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful song. Definitely one of my favourite one of your favourites and your favourite on the album, did I hear you say? Yeah, I'm re- really glad I got to come and be on the show for this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's fine. We're happy to accommodate you anytime you want to join us. But I, I'm certainly pleased that we we got you on the show for your, your favourite song off the album. It's interesting that the three of you call this out as your favourite song on Delirium. This is an interesting one for me. Uh, first of all, I'm going to start with a conceit. Uh, in that when I first listened to the song, I'm going to get beaten up by the three of you now. I almost skipped it a couple of times. Now, don't kill me, guys. I'm really sorry, but I, 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 I just I'm kill you. I'm just going to laugh in contempt. Yes, contempt for me. <laughs> I did. I, I, 
I find it takes time sometimes. I, I know with me, I it's, it's quite rare that <gasps> I will automatically straight away take a loving to a song. It's something that I have to listen to ten times before I sort of really get to it and sort of really sort of come around and get my head around it for, for me personally. So I can definitely kind of understand how, like when I first listened to um, Delirium, it wasn't my favourite song at the start. It was something that I, I kind of had to come back to a few times and I was like, no, actually, this is really great. Thank you, David. See, that's what you should have said, Russell, rather than laughing at me in contempt. <laughs> <laughs> but no, to be fair, it, for a couple of times, I think it was that, that kind of electronica at the beginning. I was a little why do i need this and as i started i had to get past that mentally as soon as the bass and the percussion kicks in that's it the whole thing it becomes epic and it changed but there were a couple of times when i was first exploring the album where it's like oh yeah it's this synth one again and that was unfair on the song because the song is great absolutely great i just took sort of explore my own thoughts on it I think the growl vocals from Andrea are some of the strongest on the whole album. And it goes back to the point you made, David, about the, the, the lyrics and the way he sings them just works so well together. Um, and you've got a very distinct vocal performance from Christina as well, which is very high pitched. It's not operatic, but it's got that kind of, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It, it's, it, it feels like a new um, range from her to me. The... Alternating vocals work very well throughout the song. There's no real harmony on here, but that does that, that's not what the song's about. It's painting a picture between dark and light. Speaking of which, the lyrics I think are in this song in particular are some of the darkest on the album. I don't know about you guys, but I find that it, it feels like a very claustrophobic song. And I think that's intentional, especially in the Andrea verses. There's a sense of entrapment. Um, a sense of that you've got nothing left to give, that you just recognise yourself as just a, you know, I'm blood, tears, dust. I'm, there's nothing more of me. You've taken everything else. I've got nothing else to give you right now because of that sense of entrapment or that sense of, I don't know, abuse maybe at the hands of your your captors. You know, again, kind of reflecting on the idea of mental health or um or, or being in an asylum and that that, that sense that you're out of you don't have a sense of control at all and that really those that are in control of you especially because you're very vulnerable because of your mental state can take advantage of the situation they can abuse you they can hurt you and certainly in the past that's that's been done with the intent of apparently helping you get through your condition and if you have a moment of lucidity and you recognize that it it must be a horrible experience to to be part of or to be in so you have that sense of claustrophobic entrapment from the andrea verse and then you've got the christina part which feels like a sort of sense of release a sense of light and it's almost like your mind has created this fantasy david you use the word fantasy and the, the spells and the wizardry and so forth created this delusion to protect you from all the horrible stuff that's happening around you and it's almost like a, a dream of freedom like you've managed to escape this entrapped place and fly out and you're out flying above things looking down looking around it and i find that really evocative that's the sense i get from the song i didn't get that the first couple of times when i started like you said like listen to the lyrics and listen to the, the the vocal lines that's what i got get from it and that's what i get from it now and i think it's hugely three-dimensional both in the lyrics the vocals the the message the style everything fantastic song really really good um, like I think most of you have said, my favourite is that that bridge part of the music um, or the reprise or whatever we call it with with a Christina point um, where she and then that return once more where the music kicks in and you've got Andrea growling those three things the music her voice and Andrea growling that to me encapsulates this song perfectly fantastic um, really great song and of course we've heard it live on the more recent tour which was great as well that was a real high point for me um listening to that song so yeah brilliant brilliant song not sure if that's my favorite song on the album but i still haven't really decided what my favorite song on the album is it seems to change a lot i'm a big fan of downfall i like this song a lot there's so many songs on this album that are up there but yeah what, can i be cheeky and ask okay. uh, go for it do you do you guys have a um differing opinion from the delirium, um, delirium songs played live versus um, 
on the album. So, I mean, are there any songs that you guys like more live and less on the album or vice versa? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, for me, Delirium is, is a good song on the album, but it's a brilliant live song. Because you yeah, get more, of the, I, more yeah, of the passion I comes agree. through life. That's one I can straight away say for sure. I love that. Lots of life. I thought Ultima Radio was one that I thought was a, a good song on the uh, on the album, but live it was like the first one they played, and mm. I thought it was just it was another level. It was really amazing. Whereas um, Bludgeon's Dust was you know my favorite song on the album. Live, I actually thought it was, you know, it was still absolutely wonderful and brilliant because I, you know, I loved every song, but it wasn't as quite at the same level. Yeah, I think that's a really good point you called out there, actually, David, because I think there are some some songs which translate better live. Now, I can't think of a Lacuna Core song that I prefer the album version to the live song. There may be one, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. I think they're all as good live, and I think that's, it's always great to see your band live playing a song and you see their emotions and you see their performance that always adds to the music um but there are some songs that are definitely better live and there are some songs that are just as good live and i do take your point because before we started recording i i watched my recording of blood tears dust from glasgow and it was a great performance but like you it it, it wasn't it didn't elevate it to in the same way that delirium performance did so i i totally agree with your point there mike what's your thoughts on that that question comment from david about songs live yeah definitely there are some i I can't think off the top of my head because there are so many that we have seen live but there are certain ones that don't really pack a punch on albums um as we've mentioned but then there is the wow factor i don't know whether that's a wow factor because you're at the show and you're excited because you're at the show as well um and they put more effort obviously into the live setting which works but certainly like you mentioned delirium it's very very good on the album but it's almost like a superhuman performance when she delivers that on stage isn't it mm. yeah it looks like she's going to tear her lungs out because she's just singing yeah. with so much passion and so hard i think that yeah. um going back over your question again david the uh the first song that i remember being wowed by a live performance because i thought it was an okay song on the album album should say get my words out right probably fragments of faith i remember listening yeah. to that on karma code and thinking this is an okay song it's a little bit repetitive and i don't dislike it it's an okay song and then i saw them play it live and it was barely recognizable to me mm. and it was such a great live song that it kind of made me realize that the the reason they've recorded karma code as they had i remember them saying prior to prior to karma code they hadn't recorded songs to be implicitly played live they'd all been just made songs but when they recorded karma code they always looked at it through the lens of we're going to have to play these songs live let's make them simple let's make them simple song songs so that we can get the fans to sing along with us we can enjoy it there's passion there and they, they changed the way they constructed their music at least certainly in the lyrics because of that and I think that upset a few people, but certainly I felt that Karma Code songs in particular came across live. And there's a reason why they're still playing Our Truth. You know, it's it's a fantastic yeah. live song. Um, oh, yeah. They had and, that one, and that was one of those ones that I liked. And then I heard live, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is another level when you're live. I think there's something about um, Christina's singing in particular that actually translates really well live which i didn't expect i kind of thought well you know this is a great band it sounds wonderful on an album but maybe live it's maybe it's not going to be there maybe it's not going to be as wonderful yeah but i actually think uh, once i saw them i was like no this is actually the opposite because i know with um in sydney and um, one the only unfortunate thing was is that i felt a little bit like her voice was actually a little bit under like under like it wasn't loud enough compared mm. to everything else uh-huh. um and that was the one thing about like the, the the actual the gig in sydney which i noticed that um the night later they i was watching youtube videos of them in brisbane mm. and it wasn't a problem but even then even despite the fact that her voice was um a little bit quieter than what it probably could have been 
it's still her voice still sh- just shone through the the whole place in a way that was something quite amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, it could have been. I'm not saying it is, but it could have been because of where you're standing as well. It can be really difficult to stand. I think you were from well, as I recall from the pictures I've seen you you taken of the show. I think you were standing on the left side of the stage, quite close to the front. And sometimes yeah, I was right, get... right in front of Mackie. Yeah, so you can't. Get... Mackie, in fact, he, he threw me, he threw me his pick because I was just going the whole time. I was just thinking every lyric, just going absolutely bonkers. <laughs> and he threw me his pick, and I dropped it. And somebody else got it. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I was I was a little disappointed, but I, I saw him after. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. You know, <laughs> the little thing. <laughs> the main thing was, you know, I got the photos with the band. And Absolutely. But you do get dead spots, and I and it may have been that. But I, and it always amazes me with Christine's lyrics, and I think you see it particularly with Delirium is that she's holding the mic so far away from her mouth, and you can still hear it. It's just like she's got so much power in that in that body quite incredible so yeah just to answer your question there's definitely some that you go to another level when you listen to them live and i i do think that um that the delirium song on the album is one of them and i do take your point that blood tears dust although it still remains as good live as it is on the album it, it doesn't go to another level i don't think although russ may feel differently because i know you're a big fan of the live stuff and we know how much you now you love blood tears dust big fan of the song but uh yeah i mean to echo both the sentiments of both you i think ultima ratio comes across better live delirium definitely and you know the icing on the cake is the, the whole of the karma code record it's a great record but you know any of those songs played live to the edge fragile fragments of faith like you mentioned they're all they're a different different level live to the record definitely right anyway well we it was a good question dave thanks for asking it we got a bit diverted there we're still talking about blood tears dust which is cool what about numbers-wise? What are you going to give this song? I've got a funny feeling there's going to be some high numbers here. I'm going to start with you, Russ. What are you going to give, dare I ask, your favourite song and the best lyrical performance ever from Christina in a song? What number are you going to give that song? Six? Perfect ten, isn't it? It's perfect ten. Come no, on. No, really? no, no thinking. No thinking here. All right. Ten from you, Russell. What about you, Mike? Uh, 9.75. Oh, he's just making up numbers now. 9.75. not even a number. Yeah. Just because. <laughs> not, not quite 10, but you don't want to go 9.5 because it feels like you're playing it down so you go 9.75. Yeah, exactly. And make, yeah, and make exactly. my average calculations just look rubbish. Okay. What about you, David? <laughs> what are you going to give this song out of 10? I'm going to see your 9.75 and um, go for a 9.8. Oh, no, you're just you're just taking the piss now, mate. Come on. <laughs> oh, the mean of averages. Come on. <laughs> What is going on? Right, okay. Um, for me, oh, what do I give this song? I feel under duress now to give it something like 9.37 or something like that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a 9.5. It makes my calculations easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, it, I say, I, it's definitely up there. I think it's grown on me in the, for the reasons that you said there, David, earlier. It is a, a fantastic song. It's got so many dimensions to it. It's definitely at least a nine, but I think a nine point five really. When you when you look at the live performance, you look at the lyrics, you look at that bridge and that return, and the heart, the way that the the music flows, definitely is worthy of one of their one of their best songs of Delirium, and arguably one of the best songs they've ever brought out. So nine point five, ten, nine point eight was that? Did you say and nine point seven five? You guys are just mucking me around. But anyway, there we go. So nine, blood... nine point yeah, nine, somewhere between nine point five and ten. All right, okay. Nine point eight six or Thank something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like we're all fans of blood, tears, dust. Good stuff. I think we've done this week on the Empty Spiral Podcast. Uh it's been a bit of an epic one actually. Much like Blood Tears Dust. It's been great to have David on. Thank you, David, for joining us. I uh, appreciate that you're Thank still you. you're in the future. So do as I said before, do send me today's lottery numbers. Um and uh, you know, I'll, I'll even cut you in if you can give me the good ones. Um so thank you for joining us from the future. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on here today. And if you want to return for any other songs or for chat, just let us know. You're more than welcome anytime, my friend. Thank and you. Course, it's been an honor. <laughs> well, 
let's just go with fun. <laughs> what we have to do is we'll fi- have to find a way to make the world so small that we can all have a beer together somehow. That'd be um, cool. Well, one thing I, sh- I wanted to say, though, um, while I'm still here, I I mean, I'm, I've been following the band for a long time, but I've only sort of really been following passionately for the last... 12 months or so, mm-hmm. um, I am quite amazed by the amount of work you might have put in, in terms of the community, the websites and things like that over the years. That's really amazing. So I just wanted to give you a shout out for that. Oh, thank you very much. It's, it's, it's a real pleasure. And, uh, you know, it is a lot of fun. I wouldn't do it if it wasn't. It's a, it's a fun hobby and it's a passion and I hope it never goes away because I really enjoy it. But I, I really appreciate you. You thank you me that's really cool thank you so yes uh been a great pleasure having you here with us and it has been an honor so thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us and share your thoughts on the songs as always mike russ it wouldn't be the same without you so great having you both on here and um long may it continue and long may the band be releasing songs so that we can continue to get together and review them and so forth but we're at the end of episode 118 we've got 119 coming up which is Given me a quite a lot of stress now thinking about how we're going to do this um but that's something to think about tomorrow and and the days that come come after it so without further ado i'm going to thank everyone for listening to the podcast thank the guys for joining us once again and uh, i hope you all have a great week and if you do nothing else make sure you listen to more lacuna coil thank you very much everybody cheers everyone thanks cheers, cheers. guys and see you on 119